Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Letting Go and Moving Forward podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Sadiq, and I am so excited to be with you guys today. How are you guys feeling? How is your week going? My week is going good. God is always good. And he's just been reminding me to walk by faith and not by sight, right? That's what 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 teaches us, to walk by faith and not by sight. By sight is a whole bunch of stuff, right? What we see going on, what's been going on for the past couple of years. And sometimes we get such, we get so caught up in that pattern that we don't, you don't realize that God is still the God of in a moment. God can turn things around in a moment. The enemy wants us to believe that, yeah, what you see is what you get. But literally, that has nothing to do with God. God says this, says that we should walk by faith and not by sight. And that faith is the evidence of things not seen. That faith is a substance. So I want to encourage you all to walk by faith and not by sight. Today, we are going to be talking about grieving, releasing, and letting go. This is such an important episode. It's another one that's really near and dear to my heart. And um, I'm excited for us to jump into that. I also wanted to talk to you guys about feeling inadequate and how you should still continue on on the things that God has called you to do, even if you feel inadequate. And what I mean by that is... Just I was reflecting recently and just thinking about the birthing pains that I feel as I'm doing this podcast. I feel, you know, that I'm pushing something out. And definitely I'm on the letting go and moving forward journey. I'm also sharing, you know, from a healed place. But at the same time, God is still healing me and taking me through this journey. So it's beautiful. And then sometimes you can start to feel like, well, I want to wait until I'm fully on the other side of the journey. And many people are waiting until they're fully on the other side of the journey. But God is God, right? His power, his Holy Spirit, his anointing. The power of the anointing is that we don't have to be fully there to share. The power of God and the anointing ministers through us. 90% of the time, sometimes I'm learning as I'm ministering and I'm teaching something. God is teaching me that very thing and I'm growing into it, right? And my spiritual gift is wisdom. So it's really difficult for me because I know so much, but I'm not always there, right? As far as putting it into practice and living it out. So I had to learn that God's grace is sufficient as I grow into what God has revealed to me. It took time for me to realize like God is not holding me accountable to everything that he's revealing through me because he knows that it's his power that I'm ministering that but there's also that sense of because you know right then be um, intentional about growing into that and I've always been intentional about growing into who God has called me to be and to into my anointing right the more God brings me further I have to grow I have to stretch myself I have to sanctify myself and crucify my flesh so that I can grow into the anointing but I share that with you all so that you should know that you're not doing what God is calling you to do by yourself that is even including being a wife being a mom being a single person working you know being a speaker whatever it is that God is calling you to do in the earth no matter how big or small know that you're not doing that in your own strength and you're not doing it alone you can choose to do it alone but you can also do it with help right God is always going to help us with everything 
right? And he has strategy. He has helpers, destiny helpers. He has provision for everything that he's called us to do on this earth, both small and big. Nothing is too hard for God. And God loves each and every one of us equally. He does not have favorites. He's not a respecter of person. God has no favorites. He loves us all the same. Now, I know that God loves his obedient children. I wouldn't say he loves us more, but God wants us to be obedient, right? So I'm sure we stand closer to him, right? Those that fear the Lord, they know. God's prophets know before anybody else. So standing close to God is so important, but know that even when you're far off, God still loves you. So I wanted to jump into today's topic. I also want to do a little bit of a recap to kind of pull us up to kind of speed so we can see what we're talking about. And um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. We're so happy to be unpacking and releasing with you moving on into the promised land. But it will be nice to watch the previous episodes in order. But if not, God is still good because we've been building up for the past couple of weeks, just setting a foundation. Last week, we talked about anger and we went through everything with anger and we left off saying intensify your anger, right? And I know you guys are like, okay, woman of God, intensify my anger. All right, well, what am I going to do with my anger now that it's intensified? And that's why I had to make sure I came today so we can figure out what do we do with all of this anger, pain, hurt, and regret that we are feeling. And we're going to do is release it, let it go, grieve it, right? So I wanted to, we'll do the, we'll do the hows, the whys, and the, the, the hows, the whys, and the whats. But I do want to share a little bit about how we actually become traumatized and how that kind of ties into grieving. So the why today is grieving, releasing, letting go. That's the what, y'all. I'm sorry. (laughs) So the what today is grieving, releasing, and letting go. The why is if we don't release it, then we hold it in our body. If we don't release it, then this is why we have misdirected anger that we spew out on other people, right? So we know all the reasons why we need to release it because we don't want that in our body. A lot of things, um, a lot of sickness, right? Both mental, um, physical sicknesses, cancer, all those different things. A lot of them stem from unprocessed emotion in your body, right? This is such an unhealthy thing to carry all these toxic emotions, in our bodies, all these toxic experiences in our bodies. It's so important for us to be healed, right? Can you only imagine a body who is carrying around so much anger for years and years and years? I mean, your organs probably are like, okay, can you release some of that so that we can have some peace in here? So just imagine what that is doing to you. Even take off the science off the table. Think about it. Think about your body and then think about how a body is created, right? The fact that we need sleep, we need water, we need all these different things. Just think about how the emotion makes you feel. And then think about that sitting in your body for years and years and years and years and years upon upon years. Like, what do we think that's doing to us? It's definitely toxic and causing damage. So why the big why today is because we don't need that. We don't need it right so 
Why? Is because we need to grieve all the baggage we need to unpack so that we can create space for the new that God is doing, for the new that God wants to pour out into us. One of my favorite scriptures um, when I first got saved, and it literally was like my, it was my scripture for many years. It's it's 2 Corinthians 5 to 17, and that scripture says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things are new. Right? Old thing, All things have become new. And I think, when I think about that scripture, old things passing away is all the stuff we need to let go of. Old, thing, old things passing away is everything that does not serve us. And all things becoming new is the abundance, is everything that we need to move forward in, everything that God has called us to truly be. And we cannot have both at the same time. We have to let go to move forward. I have to give birth to have a child, right? That's the process. We have to let go in order to move forward. Many of us have tried and tried to move forward without letting go. Disastrous. Trust me, I've been there, right? So that's a big reason why we have to let go so that we can move forward. That's why we need to grieve. That's why we we need to release so that we can cleanse our souls, right? So that we can have a pure soul ready to be used by God, filled with the love of Jesus, right? The baggage is keeping us stuck. The baggage is keeping us stagnant. The baggage, baggage is keeping us in cycles. The baggage is hindering us from moving on into greater works. This is the why. Now, before I jump into any house, I want to talk about how our body even becomes traumatized. So our bodies have an alarm system. I'm not going to go too much into detail um, because I don't want to confuse you guys. But I will give you this. And this is the most fascinating, fascinating, fascinating thing that I learned on my research and as I was recovering and healing, I, th- I thought it was amazing that our bodies were so, they were just so handcrafted in such a beautiful way. But our body has an internal alarm system that is created to keep us safe, right? And most of you have probably heard it, the fight, the flight, the freeze, and the fawn, right? The fight, the flight, the freeze, and the fawn that allows us to either fight really hard, f- run really fast, are freeze in danger and then typically when the danger is over we come back to our normal um, you know normal body and our alarm system goes off until the next time that it's needed now for many years I think I shared this with you guys I knew that there was a word called trauma I did but I did not know that there was an actual like scientific process that happens when you experience trauma I should have known right? I took abnormal psychology. I went to college. I took a lot of different psychology classes because there was a time that I was um, pursuing social work. That was what my bachelor's was going to be. I ended up changing it into paralegal studies, but during the social work, they had a lot of psychology classes that I needed to take. So I took a lot of psychology classes and still none of this resonated and none of this helped me become aware of what I was going through. But back to what I was saying, when you're traumatized, Pretty much your body goes into that fight, flight, freeze and fawn mode. And most of the time, if you're traumatized, it went into freeze because when you're a child or when you're in a powerless position, you can't fight, you can't flight. Well, you're going to freeze. Fawn is a little different from the fight, flight and freeze. And I'll talk about that probably in another episode connected to codependency or connected to people pleasing because that's what fawn is all about. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Ultimately, the reason why I brought this up is because 
when we talk about grieving, releasing, and letting go, it's important for us to understand. And this was the deep understanding that I needed to recover from my trauma so that I could overcome the complex trauma and the complex PTSD. This is it. Unprocessed and unresolved trauma in the body. Pretty much the experiences that you went through are still going on. They have not ended. And your body's alarm system is still activated. And your nervous system is still responding to life in a way that is resonating that you're not safe. Right? So that's really what trauma is. Like, So when you're traumatized, your body is now still in a state of fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Your body is now in a state of... I'm in danger. I'm in danger. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Although it was supposed to be a one-time experience, it never really ended. So that is such an important thing for us to understand as we're grieving, releasing, processing this unresolved and unprocessed trauma. We want to get to a place where we're letting our mind, body, spirit, and soul know that we are safe now. We're trying to resolve the memories. We're trying to resolve the experiences to the best of our ability so that we can now release it, let it go and move forward from it. Now, this was pivotal for me to understand so that when I approached recovering from my trauma, I was able to keep this in mind and have a blueprint for what I was actually trying to do. Now, I thought this was fascinating and I'll probably maybe just do an episode on this because I love to talk about it and it's such a fascinating thing to know. But I'll move on to now why I set up this information, right? So this is just to help you guys understand, like, what are we doing when we're grieving, releasing, and letting go? You know, what are we doing? We're trying to let our body, mind, spirit, and soul know that we are safe now, that we're no longer in these painful experiences that we've gone through, right? So we're going to move on into the house today. We talked about the whys because it's keeping us stagnant. It's keeping us unhealthy. It's keeping us with toxic toxins in our bodies. And then now we're going to talk a little bit about the how. So before we go into the how, I wanted to bring up this one king I know, and his name is King Jesus. Amen. When we think about the life of Jesus, Jesus, many times throughout the Gospels, throughout the Bible, he talks about his death. He keeps reiterating to the disciples that he's going to die. There's going to come an hour where the Son of Man will be, you know, he keeps letting them know he's going to die. And he never expresses it in a way where there's any sadness about it. Peter even says, you know, no, that will never happen. And Jesus says, Satan, I rebuke you to Peter, right? So we see that Jesus is really at a place of like acceptance with the fact that he has to die. That's what we see all throughout the Bible. And then we see in the moment of the Garden of Gethsemane when he has the three disciples come with him that we see a new emotion emerge from Jesus. I wrote the scripture down. It's Luke 22:42. And it says, "Father, if you are willing to take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done." And in a different version he says, "My soul is exceedingly sorrowful." We see Jesus now express how he feels about his death. His soul was exceedingly sorrowful. And what did he do? He didn't hold it in. He didn't deny the emotion. He didn't deny how he felt. He expressed it. He expressed that he needed help. He brought people to come with him and asked them to pray for him and with him. Right? And then he also grieved 
the Bible describes it that he almost, not even that he almost, that he cried out blood. That was how intense this experience was for Jesus. He was crying. He was praying to his father. He went back three times into the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested. And he expressed this deep agony and pain to the father. So Jesus gives us that perfect blueprint of grieving, releasing, and letting it go. He doesn't hold it all in and act like it's not happening. No, he gets in touch with how he's feeling. And he gets to a place where he cries out to the father. Why is this so important? This is so important because if Jesus, who was God manifested in the flesh, had emotion to express and release, then we sure will have emotion to express and release. Our soul will too become exceedingly sorrowful. And we too will need to get to a place where we release that. We too will also need to get to a place where we ask for prayer. We ask for a team to come and support us, right? Where we cry out to God and we say, well, your will and not mine's. So I'm going to share a little bit about my story of grieving, releasing, and letting go. I remember, sorry you guys, but I remember that just when it really finally hit me, that I was traumatized and that I had complex trauma and complex PTSD. I remember at some point I just hit the bathroom floor and I bawled so hard. It was just like the awakening, like, are you kidding me? And then also, I think I was a little bit into the research and I found out what it was that I was going to have to do to get better. And it seemed impossible it seemed impossible. It seemed like a mountain that I just did not think I could climb. I had small children. I was like, I don't know how in the world I'm going to do this. And I just remember hitting the bathroom floor and crying in a way that I had never cried. I mean, my mom has died, so I've gone through some grief. Okay. I lost my cousin. I've gone through grief. But it was a little different in that moment. I just couldn't believe it. And I grieved. I cried out to God. And I think that was one of the biggest releases in the very beginning for me. And then throughout the research, just waking up to the experiences, I would find myself reading and I would be crying as I was reading. I would find myself doing the research, you know, exposing myself to the experiences through the movies, through the books, through the documentaries, whatever it may be. And I will be weeping, crying. I was exceedingly sorrowful, but I was, it was a different type of cry. You know how, when you cry about something, it's like you cry and it's over. Right. But this was more like a deep mourning from within me. And this is not something that I had to tell my body to do. It was just something that was happening. Right. I didn't even know that like outside of what I was coming up with, that this was literally the process, but this is literally the process of healing is really having a place to release and grieve and let that inner child be validated or let that person who experienced that experience experience become validated. I remember crying, right? Um, Writing out the experiences, spending time 
just in so much pain about so many of the different things that I went through. I remember saying to my case manager at the end of the journey. So I had a case manager. This I went through my recovery during COVID. So there wasn't really a lot of availability. First of all, there wasn't any availability in the offices because of what we were going through. So I was limited to seeing my case manager once a month, right? I didn't have anybody that schooled me on what to do. I had her, I was able to see her once a month and via Zoom or, you know, video chat that they have through the system, the healthcare system. So I was visiting her once a month and I literally was just telling her what I was doing, telling her the findings. And she would tell me like, good, you're on the right path. You got it. You, you, you're getting it. And she was super proud of me. Like, OK, girl, you, you, you really you really going to do this. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And um, I remember, you know, during that time, there was there was not a lot of resources. And I remember hearing about EMDR. And the first thing I asked her was like, okay, are you guys going to do EMDR to help me get better? And she was like, uh, we actually don't have EMDR. And I'm like, okay. And I remember feeling super discouraged and disappointed about it. But something in me, and I felt God let me know, like, keep fighting. Don't give up. And then I remember just doing the research and coming back and letting her know. And then at the end of maybe like four or five months of doing this work, doing the grieving, doing the releasing, doing the letting go, coming in contact with all the memories, doing the research, doing more research to understand. I told her, I feel like I went and rescued little Nikki from Nigeria. I feel like, like, I feel like this is what I like. That's, I feel like if I can just conclude everything that I had been doing, I told her, I feel like I rescued my little self from Nigeria. And she said, that's what she needed right and that blew my mind why did it blow my mind because it was almost like me saying that I didn't expect her to like to come in agreement with me like yeah that's literally what the work is and I didn't know that that was what the work was but she knows right she's a PhD she's she's um she knows this stuff inside and out but she was like yeah you know that's what she needed right and in my mind it just hit me like oh I was grateful that I had done it, right? I was grateful that I got to the right conclusion. But that was literally the process of grieving, releasing, and letting go. was literally like saving myself from all the different experiences that I went through. And that crying was validating that little girl inside saying, yes, that did hurt. Yes, this was too much. And I shared this with you guys so that you guys can understand what we need to do to release that. You have to get to a place where you finally give that child within you or you give that broken person within you because not everything happens in childhood a chance to release that pain. When we release that pain, it needs to be it needs to match the energy, right? How the releasing should be equivalent to what you experience. What I mean by that? The emotions that you should have felt when you experience that your grieving releasing and letting go needs to be equivalent to that it needs to be with the same amount of intensity right you don't just grieve over childhood molestation like in two minutes right there's some real tears behind that you don't just grieve losing a parent in two two days there's some real grief and mourning that goes behind that right 
So I'm going to jump into some like hows, kind of how we usually go over our house, And then I'll share a, a few other things. So crying it out is definitely healthy. I know all of you guys have experienced a really deep cry once in your life and you really um, felt better, right? So definitely this is going to be a key component is releasing it through crying, right? Not misdirecting or suppressing, but releasing it. There's different ways to release rather than only than crying. We want to do our best to complete the experiences. So for instance, yeah, I cried, but I also had unresolved feelings and emotions towards my ex and to to try to f- close off that memory right the abusive relationship that we went through the really painful and hurtful relationship mentally physically and emotionally even though we were young very young in our relationship I reached out to him right and I would have never done that but in order to help me with my recovery I did right and I reached out to him to resolve that and we had a really beautiful healing conversation, right? I, that, that doesn't mean that it was going to turn out that way. But for me, and I'll talk to you guys about that a little later. But for me, that was helpful. And in my mind, I was doing anything that I could do to help me resolve and really let those experiences go, right? So I reached out and did that. You can open up to people and share your experiences. Open up to those who are, you know, in your family, those who maybe were part of the experience everyone's experience looks different we're all letting go of different things so this is very general and I want you guys to take your experience and look at your experience and try to like glean some of the things and see what you can apply right writing about it is definitely a part of releasing it as you're writing it on paper you can write about something you can burn that to release it right if you if you need to If there's a loved one that has passed away and you can no longer confront them or you can no longer tell them the truth, then you can write that out as a letter. You can make a video to them. Whatever it is that you can do, there's so many ways, but you want to release it. You want to release it verbally. You want to release it physically. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well. You can go to counseling so you can release it through talk therapy and actually talking about these different things, processing it. You want to grieve equal to the pain, anger, regret, and hurt that you felt with that experience at that age, right? Because if we say, oh, I'm past that. I don't feel it like that anymore. Did you ever feel it? As a child, when you were 13, when you were 17, when you were 10, when you were five, did you ever feel it in the way that you should have? Because now some some people may say, well, I'm beyond it. I can't feel it in that way. Well, you want to try your best to get into the position of the person who never had a chance to let it go and release it from that place, right? Not trying to release it from where you are now because that may be very far off from those feelings, But trying to get as close, like we talked about last week, getting as close to what we felt so that we can really release it fully, right? So going to a counselor to help you, um, pulling up pictures of you at that age, um, confronting. Now, this is the one I wanted to talk about um, kind of separate. Now, confronting is something that you're not always able to do sometimes you're able to do this if this is someone who abused you that is a family member that's still in your life if this is your parent that you want to confront about neglect about some of the painful things that you went through I think it's okay to do so but it's not 
okay for everyone, right? And what I mean by that is when you're doing everything in your healing journey, you feeling safe is so important, right? So if you feel that you've built enough courage to confront somebody and you have no expectation about that person's response, then I think you can. But if you still have expectation on you want an apology, um, you want to feel validated, you want to feel affirmed, that's not the, that's not what we go into this for. So confronting and sharing is, is okay, but you want to be ready. You want to be led by the Spirit of God. I think that whatever you can do to complete that memory, to let it go, to share, I think it's okay to call someone and say, you know what, I remember this experience that happened years ago and I forgive you, you know, and you want to be able to forgive them before you confront. And it really hurt me and I'm disappointed and it hurt. And I just wanted to let you know, just for myself, I wanted to let you know that I remember that and that really hurt me. And knowing that some people will deny it, some people will not validate it, some people will give you an excuse, some people will blame you. So you don't want to go about it until you know that you're ready and you don't have an expectation about what someone will or do will or will not do with what you share with them, okay? Cuz that's so important. That's so important for me. My abuser, he was in Nigeria. I it was somebody I could never connect with, so I never really I did try though. I never really had a chance to confront him. But before my mom died, I was able to tell her. I was able to confront my dad. Um, I was able to share that in, in, in my book. I was able to share my experiences with other people. I'm going to talk more throughout the podcast about other th- different things that I went through. But like I said, I reached out to my ex and we kind of resolved the abuse that we both went through. We were very young, but still, that was something that I was able to do. Reached out to two of my exes. I reached out to friends that I went through really painful situations with, confronted them and shared with them. I shared some things with my husband that I had remembered and never shared with him so whatever you could do to really release those negative experiences that is the goal right and remember what I shared about completing the memory right letting your mind body spirit and soul know hey we're safe now we no longer need survival mode there's nothing to survive I am safe right God is keeping me safe I no longer need to be feel safe through fighting, flighting, freezing, and fawning. We're going to talk more about that a little later, but I wanted to also share how do we know, oh, I also wanted to share about somatic movement. Now, trauma gets trapped in our bodies, so it's important that we try to also grieve, release, and let go with our bodies. Being led by a professional is going to be really helpful, but also incorporating that into your movement so even when you're dancing or when you're moving think about releasing think about letting go try to get all of your senses involved in your releasing journey try to do this physically mentally emotionally use your ears listen to music listen to documentaries whatever it may be try to get all of your senses all of your body all of your mind involved in this journey right for me this grieving releasing and letting go I would say it took about like six months I'm still in that process now but six months of this for me to really really like get out get to a place where I'm like man I feel different I felt different you guys I saw the world completely different after this experience right so how will you know when you're like when you're completing it you will feel the difference right you'll know when it's time to move on from something you'll know when you've released enough that 
you're at a place of peace with that experience. You'll, you'll feel it. You'll feel the grief and you'll feel like I've grieved this, right? There's a place, time when I got to, I grieved enough of that experience and I felt better, right? Like when I told the case manager, I feel like I rescued my nine-year-old self. I had, I felt that I felt rescued. I felt like it was over. I felt like I gave my body, mind, spirit, and soul the message like, hey, we're safe. We're good. No longer do we need to be in survival mode, right? So know that you will feel it. The Holy Spirit will bring you to a place and you will feel it. Now, I want to share with you guys the journey. When Before years ago, when I would bring up molestation, when I would try to talk about my experience, I would choke. So I would literally be like, I was molested. And I would just start crying. I couldn't even say the word. Like it was such a painful experience for me. I couldn't even say the word. I remember being in a class after I had my first daughter, Madison, in 2017. And I was in a class and then like they were asking us to share something. And I was sharing and and I said, I said, because I got molested and I choked. Right. So you will know when you are healing when you're no longer choking, when you speak about it, sometimes we can't even speak about it. Just be honest. We can't speak about some of the things we've gone through. And then sometimes we're getting to a place where we can, but we can only speak about it in certain places in certain times, right? Certain places where we feel safe. How you will know is when you start to get to a place that when you want to speak about it, you can, and you're not going to choke. You're not going to feel that, that, you know, in your voice anymore, right? That pain in your, even in your voice to, to speak it out. Now I'm doing a whole podcast right now, right? So I'm much beyond that. I wrote about it in my book. I can I can talk about it. There's there's probably not a setting that I won't be able to talk about most of the things that I'm talking about on this podcast because I'm I'm healed from it, right? I can say I was molested. It doesn't choke me anymore. It doesn't bring up deep feelings and deep pain and tears, right? Remember when you're like when, when your loved one passed away, if you've lost a loved one, when my mom first died. I remember her first birthday came around and I was bawling. I could barely breathe. And then years later, I think about her on her birthday, our Mother's Day, and I smile. I don't cry every Mother's Day. I don't cry every birthday because I'm healed, right? I have thoughts of love when I think about my mom. I don't have thoughts of pain and agony because I'm at peace with her death. So we can see the progress. It's the same thing with grieving your traumas. You will be able to see the difference. Like you will be able to see like something has shifted. I'm not crying about it anymore. Uh, I'm not trauma dumping on people because that's the opposite. Sometimes we're not crying. We're just oversharing. We're trauma dumping. Anywhere we can share our trauma, we're sharing it. And that's that's not vulnerability, right? That's not oversharing is not vulnerability. We have to get to a place where we're healed and we can recognize when we're being vulnerable or when we're oversharing and we're trauma dumping on others. That's also a part of knowing that you're not really fully healed if you still feel the need to do that, right? And that doesn't mean you can't be vulnerable. So healthy vulnerability feels safe to you and it also feels safe to others. I think that's a good way to know whether we're being vulnerable or whether we're oversharing. Oversharing, most of the time, it doesn't feel safe to other people. Some people feel like, uh, wait, this is probably not the setting for this conversation or I'm probably not the person for this conversation. And vulnerability feels like, wow, Wow, I really I'm grateful that you shared that and you feel really safe in sharing it as well. So I just wanted to let you guys know how will you know when you're when you're done? You'll feel it. You'll know your body, mind, spirit and soul will let you know. So try to get physical. Try to get help. 
right? When you start this process, you'll be able to see, like, as I'm letting go and moving forward, I feel like I might need some help. Or you might feel like I don't need no help, right? Sometimes help is a book, right? I used to coach on Clubhouse and we have people all over the world and not everyone has access to a counselor, So sometimes help is a book. Sometimes help is clubhouse. Sometimes help is social media, a video, right? Sometimes help is the letting go and moving forward podcast, right? Whatever help that is that you have, take your time with it and move slow. And then if you have the luxury of being able to get assistance with someone else, take advantage of that, right? Based on what you need, depending on what you need. And you'll know what you need based on what your body is is telling you. I would tell you guys to slow down, give yourself time, give yourself space to work through this. It definitely is a process, right? We're in no rush. You will see uh, victories and wins along the journey. You will see yourself feeling better. You will see yourself start to um, walk in new confidence. You will see yourself become lighter because you're releasing your trauma You'll start to see the glow in your face. You'll start to see the power and the peace and the joy in your voice because you've moved past so much. I encourage you all to go on this journey. I encourage you all to keep the fight. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. That means that we're going to always be fighting against the enemy who is the devil for our souls we're always going to be fighting for our peace we're always going to be fighting to 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 walk this life out to walk life abundantly out because there's an enemy who does not want us to but we can keep the fight we can keep healing keep growing keep walking in freedom keep trusting god look for progress not perfection celebrate the small wins celebrate every everything that happens on the journey should be celebrated nothing is too small That's one thing you will learn is to celebrate all the small wins. And that takes you very, very far, especially when you have a journey of so many different things to unpack. It can be discouraging if you're waiting for the big breakthrough or if you're only looking at the end goal. How discouraging can that be when there's so much work to do? But if you're celebrating all the small wins along the way, well, that gives you something to look forward to. I want to do it to invite you guys to join the Battle Ready Women's Discipleship and Mentorship community. I put a link in the show notes to our Facebook group and a show um, links to all the different ways you guys can keep up with me on social media and reach out to me and order my book. So feel free to check that out. And until next time, let go, move forward. And know that Jesus loves you. I look forward to coming back next week and having a wonderful conversation with you all about the wonderful, powerful gift of forgiveness. See you next week.